Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Tuesday edition of All Marine Radio. And uh, <laughs> I have to tell you that I got I got surprised yesterday because <clears throat> I got these emails saying, hey, have you seen this 60-minute thing? And I was working, and and I, I, didn't, I didn't read too much of any of them. So I knew it was about the Iran um, ICBM attack on al-Assad in which nobody was killed and I said I thought well let me get the Mensa brothers on and and I'll have them watch it and I'll watch it and then we'll see (laughs) then we'll see where it goes well I was I had to tell you that I was that was the surprise I wasn't prepared for where it went so anyway um, you'll hear what I recorded, but I have to tell you that a lot of it, I, um, I bleeped and, uh, not a lot of it, but there's some sections that I, I bleep because in retrospect, discretion sometimes is a better part of valor. I don't do this very often. But uh, the stuff that's bleeped is the stuff that um, discusses some of the people that were in the 60 Minutes report uh, and how do I say this gently? Um, 
I don't know, presenting themselves as victims in the, as, as in the United States military. And so, so, um, after we recorded it, I was like, I'm uneasy about that, you know? And so, so I, I, deli- I, I bleep some sections of it. But the other part of that is a, a pretty interesting discussion. And, uh, and to me, I want to resume it on Thursday. And I want to talk about two things on Thursday. One is I want to go back to rifle call. I want to ask the Mensa brothers, tell me the system that you would design for the whole Marine Corps. And so I think that's an interesting that's an interesting thing to discuss. Cause I don't think that there is one way that the Marine Corps ought to do it. Uh there might be a baseline that you start at. Um, but I think that, that if if you're a closed with person, there's a certain set of requirements for you. If you're not a closed with person, you know, and you're essentially firing just to get some sort of familiarity, um, then we have another system for you. And to me, that system, and that's what I want to talk about because I think Will makes a great point when he says you got to automate the ranges. You go out there on the rifle range to shoot, and let's just say you're part of one of six relays. You're shooting one-sixteenth of the time you're on the range. Because everybody got to take a turn. So that's the week you're shooting, and you're shooting less than 20% of the time you're out there. And that's how we're going to gain proficiency. So now the question is, does Marine Corps want to invest in the money that it's going to take to automate its ranges? And then, it, But if you automated the ranges, to me, you don't need all those other people doing all those other things. So you would go out there, and you would shoot. And to me, you go out there and you're, you're out there for maybe a half a day. We're going to go at 8. We're done at noon. We're going to shoot for four hours. Yeah. And, we're, and, and then how many times, if that, was, if that was the way you did it, how many times could you do it a year? <clears throat> Three, four times? A morning of training? Get your rifle issued, head out there, go shoot, come back home, clean it. For three consecutive days, blah 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 blah. So I want to talk about that. What what kind of system would you set up? And then the other thing is, I want to I want to revisit this issue um, of the Al Assad attack. You know, and you're going to hear today. You're going to hear Will talk about it. And Will is, um, Will would have gone to war with Iran over that. So the question is. Um, and that's that's the, that's the idea I want to develop. So to me, the president had a choice. <clears throat> we're gonna we're going to we're gonna whack Suleimani. Okay, we're gonna play. And so you're sitting in a planning session, and you play this game called action, reaction, counteraction. Okay, we do this, they do this. We counter with this. And then you do it again. 
Okay, so the action, reaction, counteraction is this. We wax Sulamani. What do they do? Not sure. They could do this, they could do this, they could do this, they could do this. Okay. Now, again, under the guise of war is politics by other means, this is a political event between two nations who don't, who don't see eye to eye on virtually anything. All right, now, you're the president. You're the head politician. So the head politician says, I got to run for re-election. Okay? I don't want, I'm trying to get us out of wars we've already started. Now, I don't want to go to war with Iran. But this guy has blood all over his hands. And he's a legitimate military target because he's killed he's killed and wounded thousands of Americans. This this guy. Okay? And now we have intelligence that's going to allow us to whack him. And my guys tell me it's a good thing. And I've seen the intelligence and I believe him. Now, as a politician though, and this is the character that we don't play very well, as a politician, I don't want this, I don't want, I neither want nor need this to turn into a war. <clears throat> now, remember, President Trump at the time, you know, January 1st-ish, he's kind of at the zenith of his political power. The economy is continuing to do cartwheels. And... I mean, it looks like unless something crazy happens, he's going to, if the economy continues to expand the way it is, holy smokes, he's going to get reelected. And he would have. I mean, even with COVID, you know, he doesn't lose by that much. So, <clears throat> now, again, it's an election year. So, I think in his mind, and maybe his national security advisor's mind, and I don't know to what extent the National Security Advisor is charged with considering politics. That's ultimately the president and his advisor's job, I would think. National Security Advisor talks security. So anyway, the president's got a job in terms of this is politics by their mean. How much, how far am I willing to go with Iran? And so, you know, you're going to hear Will make the case, and I won't steal his thunder, but what Iran, did I say Iraq? I meant Iran. What Iran does should have never been allowed to happen in terms of their retaliation. So I want to, when on Thursday, I want to expand on that. Those two items. And maybe more. Um, and maybe more. We'll, we shall see. But, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, what what would be the, the rifle qualification system that you would have Marines participate in? How would you set that up? Would you, would you tier it for if you're a closed-with person or if you're a non-closed-with person? Would you, would you tier it for that? And... Um, And then, B-52 
beyond that, uh, the, the issue with Iran and that retaliation, and I want to develop that. So anyway, uh, so you will, you will hear them probably in about 20 minutes. Uh, we'll take a little bit of news, some interesting stuff in the news. There's uh, the Commandant has a uh, has a new memo out, and I'll read that to you. Yeah. Um. So the other thing I I I did last night was I did a seminar that I do on Monday nights uh, with civilians, and uh, and I'll tell you it's such a cool experience. Um. And they watch an hour of post traumatic winning, and then we talk about it. And this last week was a week, was a part of post-medic winning that I'd never done before, which is develop the, the, the fifth part in the presentation is about leaders, leadership, and tools. Well, most of them aren't leaders, right? They're, they're, they're looking at this as individuals. So I thought, well, how do I tweak that? And really what I, what I did was I took the tools and I said, okay, how do these apply to you? And the infrastructure of your daily life. And and I said this, I don't know, a day or two ago, but it's amazing to me <laughs> and, and a little bit embarrassing at times that, um, and, and, and it's head scratching too. If you think that you can live your life and then trauma comes into it and essentially blocks the path you're going down, but we think we can, well, yeah, I'll deal with this in the course of my daily life, the way I live my life. I mean, that is some crazy shit. And I look back on it now, and that's what—that's how we attempt to do it. I'll absorb this into my life. Well, this data says you probably won't. Yeah. You have to, you have to become a, a better, more evolved version of you. And I think infrastructure is an important part of that. You know, all the, all the different little life hacks that people adopt into their life. Um, getting up earlier. Right? So you have time just for you. Quiet time. Nobody's messing with you to get your shit together. Meditation. Journaling. You know, physical fitness. You know, um, reading the Bible. Or if you're whatever source document you read if you're either religious or spiritual you know reading meditations so um but but i mean it's it's amazing to me now in retrospect and i'm i'm i fought that stuff for years yeah i was not i was not a believer yeah i'm i'm good i can i'm uh, <laughs> i i know I know how to suck it up. And I look back and it's head shaking. Head shaking. And to think of the difference between if you, A, start the day sober, B, start the day financially secure, solid, okay? C, um, start it with some kind of mental preparation. Call it um, mental fitness, okay? Now, whether it's meditation for 15 minutes or for a minute. It's, you know, starting your day like that. Fundamentally different than, you know, I'm hungover. I don't know what's going to happen with my money today. 
And let's go. Let's do this stuff. And I don't prepare myself. And again, this is on the backside of trauma. And then throughout the course of the day, do you take 60 seconds, just a couple times a day, to come back to center and and blow all the steam and smoke and venom out of your head? Do you do that? No. And then, you know, are you... Do you understand the importance of physical fitness in your life? And again, I'm not cross, talking about CrossFit. I'm not talking about, you know, being rocked up. I'm talking about being active. I'm talking about being active. And then the whole concept of not faking it with the people close to you. Okay. Not faking it with the people close to you, and then being willing to talk about it. I mean, so if you think about that day compared with, I wake up, I might have drank, I might, I might have numbed myself, I'm, I'm, I'm hungover, I get up, and then I just, I, I just try to absorb these things that come at me, with no, I mean, to me. The contrast is so stark. And, you know, when the ask after trauma happens to you is is mighty. It's a big ask. It's more emotional maturity. It's more discipline in your life in a whole variety of different areas. Right? And it's, uh, in a lot of places, it's more moral courage to do things you've never done. I mean, that's that's a big ask. So in order to get out of the valley of the shadow of death, those are the things you have to do. And I'm going to do those with no really infrastructure aiding me. Right. Right. No, so you can see it. So the contrast to me as I look at it, and that's what the discussion was about last night. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. And, and so it's, and I think it's really interesting to the people. There's two things that stick in my head from last night. One is people that are drinkers. Right, people that are drinkers talking about, you know, since they've stopped drinking and and they do things now that help themselves, and so, um, so that's that's an interesting part of it. The other part is, you know, people that understand structure and you hear them, they know what's going to happen when you won't do it, and they can see the train wreck. And you can hear when they talk about it, you can hear it in their voice. And that's another sobering part of, you know, you hear people that have gone down this road and they understand it. And then they tell people and then people just blow it off. And they're like, it's so painful because you know what's going to happen. So, so very interesting, very interesting. So United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official. It's the second day of March. Yeah, spring training has started. Got to watch the Yankees again. Fired up about that. So, good morning to you.
this is dedicated to uh, my Monday night group. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, it's it's it goes for about ninety minutes, and I'm always like, I don't want this to end. It needs to keep going. Uh, the discussion is very interesting, and uh, they make me think a lot. So good. This is dedicated to them. <laughs> betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well i'm very confident that thank you very much if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Alright, time to do the weather. We'll do the news. You'll hear from the Mensa brothers or a portion of two-thirds of the Mensa brother. Tim did not join us yesterday. Um, currently, it is partly sunny and 40 in Quantico. Down the coast of Camp Lejeune. Is that right? Yeah, down the coast. Got cold on the east coast all of a sudden. Uh, it is sunny and 50 in North Carolina. 29 Palms, sunny and 49. Camp Pendleton, sunny and 54. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark, cloudy, and 71. In Okinawa, dark cloudy 62. In Darwin, dark cloudy in 83, so Darwin's warmed up again. And in Norway, it is sunny in 52 late in the day. 
Currently fair and whatever the hell that means. And 52 degrees. Here in the Costa Mesa Newport Beach area of Southern California. Looking for a high today of 69, 61 and rain tomorrow. What does fair mean as a weather term? That's perplexed me. Fair as a weather condition. What does it mean? One of the most misused weather terms is fair. The National Weather Service uses fair typically at night to describe less than three-eighths cloud cover with no precipitation and no extremes of visibility. It generally describes pleasant weather conditions. What does fair weather look like? In a more specific sense, the word fair may be used as a National Weather Service forecast for observation when visibility is three-eighths when less than three-eighths of the sky is covered by opaque clouds and there is no precipitation, visibility is unlimited, and there are no extremes of temperature. Huh. So there you have it. Fair means there's some clouds in the sky. Three-eighths, that means less than half the sky is cloudy. What's the difference between fair and mostly sunny? Hmm. All right, uh, let me do some news headlines for you, and then uh, you'll hear a, uh, a edited version of a conversation that we had yesterday. Um, let's see. Uh, Stars and Stripes, bomb blast exposure may risk, may raise the risk of Alzheimer's, and that is according to an Army-funded research project. Even small explosives, uh-oh, ones unlikely to cause concussions or injuries change the molecular structure of the brain, the study says. All right, that's not good news for anybody I know. Um, new footage shows Iran's missile strike on the U.S. compound in Iraq. So this is the footage that um, this is the footage that the Army supplied or the DOD supplied. I'm trying to, is there a link to it? No. New footage shows Iran's, most of the time there is. So I'm, I'm a tad disappointed. I want to see the video. The surveillance video indicates several missile impacts, dam impacts damaged or destroyed aircraft hangars, office areas, living spaces, gyms, chow halls, and other facilities, 
along the base's flight line. It was the largest ballistic missile attack ever against Americans. But again, I want to see the video. So let me t if they release it. New footage shows Iran's missile strike on U.S. compounds. Hmm. Not happy. U.S. Central Command released two minutes of unclassified drone footage Monday that it had provided to the news program showing the attack on al-Assad. All right, so I will try. I'll see if I can track that down and put that link in this hour. Uh, Pentagon spends $125 million in arms aid to the Ukraine, providing them Mark IV patrol boats, tactical gear, radars, and other equipment to improve command and control capabilities, medical treatment, and combat evacuation. Uh, the Chinese kick off a month-long military exercise in the South China Sea. So that's going on. So that's the Stars and Stripes. In the Wall Street Journal, top headlines are Merck to help Johnson & Johnson make its vaccine. The assistance from a competitor to be announced by President Biden who helped speed up production of the single-shot COVID-19 vaccine that was approved by the FDA on Saturday. And then other news is there's a third accuser of Governor Andrew Cuomo came out yesterday afternoon, last night, and accused him of sexual harassment. So that is the news. The question is how much more of that can he withstand? Um, from USNI News headline, General Berger reaffirms commitment to force design Force Design 2030 overhaul memo to the new SECDAF. So uh, USNI News got a look at it. Somebody sent it to me yesterday. Um, <clears throat> panel. This is another story. I'll read that to you in a second. Panel. fleet, Future fleet numbers not as important as capabilities like sea lift and unmanned capabilities. How about that? So the fleet number, not as important as sea lift and unmanned platforms. And then the fleet tracker, who's who's where? The Nimitz is uh, off the coast of California. The USS Iwo Jima is off the coast of uh, North Carolina. The Eisenhower, near the Straits of Gibraltar. The Macon Island Amphibious Ready Group. They were supposed to have the Bon Armour Shard with it, I believe, but Bon Armour Shard is being ready to be turned into razor blades. Yeah, they were removing the island before they move it. Um, how about that? And you haven't heard a word about the arson case, have you? Wonder what's going on with that. So that amphibious ready group is uh, looks like in Kuwait. Uh, the Theodore Roosevelt is in the Philippine Sea. All right, so just to the east. I'm sorry, just to the west of the Philippines, just to the north northwest of the Philippines, to be precise. The Ronald Reagan Carrier Battle Group is in Yokosuka, Japan, and the Expeditionary Strike Group, led by the USS America, 
is uh, in Sasebo, Japan. So there you go, your fleet tracker. Now, let me read to you uh, something that I got my hands on yesterday. This is uh, from General David Berger, Commandant of the Marine Corps, for the Secretary of Defense via the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, subject Marine Corps Force Design 2030. The Marine Corps is now some 18 months into our force design effort, and I write to provide you an update on decisions made thus far and decisions I plan to make for now as part of this 10-year effort to build a future force. Why Force Design 2030? The Marine Corps exists primarily to provide the nation with a globally employable naval expeditionary force in readiness. This force does not aspire to win the nation's wars, but to prevent nonviolent competition from escalating into conflict and to enable the success of the joint force should escalation nonetheless occur. Our force design effort is driven by my assessment that the Marine Corps is currently not organized, trained, equipped, or postured to play this role in the face of a rapidly evolving future operating environment. Three basic assumptions underpin our thinking. One, China will remain the pacing threat for the next decade. Two, Russia, the rogue regimes of Iran and North Korea, Korea and violent extremist organizations continue to pose threats, and three, the Marine Corps defense budget remains flat at best. I have not asked for any top-line increase for the Marine Corps, only that we be allowed to reinvest the savings we create by divesting of legacy capabilities and excess capacity. Force design, the basics. Our force design is driven by three additional assumptions about the operating environment out to 2030. One, we will operate globally as a force in readiness. Two, we will face both China and other comp competitors employing sophisticated multi-domain gray zone strategies. Three, these competitors will pose their most serious challenges to U.S. interest in theaters dominated by the maritime domain. So this is a two-page memo, uh, three-page memo. Indo-PACOM, it continues. Indo-PACOM is chief among these theaters. The 27,000 Marines presently assigned there and will remain your stand-in force operating persistently inside China's weapon engagement zone, WEZ as is known. They require significant modernization and redesign, however, to continue to play that role against the evolving threat. The intent behind Force Design 2030 is to build a mobile naval expeditionary force that will create strategic advantage across the competition continuum, competing effectively against China below the threshold of armed conflict while posturing to provide key enablers to joint force action should conflict occur. That force will have organic, organic tactical mobility and the ability to sense, make sense, and act to shape the environment for the naval and joint force campaigning primarily 
in the contact and the blunt layers. We do not limit our thinking to Indopaycom. However, we treat great power competition as a global challenge. For Indopaycom, we're building three Marine Littoral regiments centered in Hawaii, Guam, and Japan. These MLRs will operate from ship, from shore, or both, dispersed into small, agile configurations with signatures small enough to complicate any adversary's collection efforts. MLRs, Marine Littoral Regiments, right, will have organic and allocated airborne, land, and surface ISR means integrated within Naval and Joint Force Command and Control architecture, possessing a degree of organic lethality and able to persistently maintain joint C5ISR-T networks inside the WEZ. These organizations will be able to deter malign activity support regional allies and partners, hold key adversaries' assets at risk, and when necessary, complete naval and joint force kill chains for decisive effect. Progress to date. To deliver essential future warfighting capabilities, we generated resources internally by divesting capabilities and capacity optimized for the sustained conflicts of the past. We have removed removed main battle tanks and heavy bridging equipment from our inventory, and the Marine Infantry Battalion has been redesigned for greater lethality and non-kinetic influence in mobile distributed operations. We are fielding long-endurance unmanned air vehicles and appropriate payloads for airborne communications, reconnaissance, and electronic warfare as rapidly as possible using the savings from such divestments. Additional planned divestments include most of our towed cannon artillery, along with significant numbers of manned, fixed, and rotary wing aircraft. We are also phasing out much of our legacy logistical capacity, previously intended for sustained land operations, while modernizing the rest of our our distributed maritime operations. The net result of Force Design 2030 decisions made thus far is a decrease in end strength of approximately 12,000 Marines over the future defense program. We project an initial operational capability for the future force in fiscal year 2023 and a full operational capability, FOC, by 2030. These decisions are supported by the results of an ongoing campaign of learning driven by wargaming, analysis, experimentation, and large-scale fleet marine exercises. We will continue to refine our force design based on the results of this learning, which will accelerate as earlier investments in research capacity begin to bear fruit. Next steps. Reallocation of personnel and modernization of equipment are only the beginning of the large-scale transformation that Force 2030 requires. Accompanying these initiatives will be changes in our manpower processes and modernization of our training and education establishment. We will also reform and reorganize many of our headquarters organizations and processes to gain the institutional agility this era of long-term global great power competition demands. These These initiatives have the common goal of producing 
the smaller but more mature, resilient, and highly trained Fleet Marine Force for the future, backed by a headquarters and supporting establishment infrastructure stripped of redundancy and bloat. Among other benefits, we expect these initiatives to offer a reduction in civilian personnel structure of approximately 15%. Oh, oh. all you civilians out there, don't let the door hit you. The Marine Corps, last two paragraphs read this, the Marine Corps cannot remain relevant as a globally employable naval expeditionary force in readiness without close and continued support from the United States Navy. Realizing the vision described above will require specific investments by the Navy in capabilities including smaller and lower signature naval vessels and manned and unmanned watercraft. My staff and I are closely engaged with the CNO and his team on this front. None of these efforts will be easy. They will require the support and concurrence of civilian leadership within the department and in the Congress to secure the appropriations we need to execute the design. I understand these initiatives in the deepest conviction of their necessity and ask for your support and that of the department as we advance towards the future. So... That is the Commandant's update to the, to the new Secretary of Defense. And uh, ironically, initial 23 February 2021, which is the day of the Iwo Jima flag raising. So, uh, yeah, General Berger, Force Design 2030. So that in the news. The, uh, that, that memo is not even mentioned <laughs> on the pages of Marine Corps Times. Oddly enough. Um, but in a story that's tangentially related to it, um, in its quest for modernization, the Marine Corps looks to shake up its headquarters. Now, I wonder if he cites this. He does. And he quotes it. And he doesn't do any. He doesn't do anything to expand on it. He just quotes the article. One paragraph that is interesting: Berger's plans to transform the Corps have received wide, but not universal praise. Former Marine and Secretary of the Navy Jim Webb criticized the plan as being too narrowly focused on China and fighting in the South China Sea, which Webb, which Webb would, they omitted the word said, which Webb said or believes would reduce the Marines' utility if that's not, in fact, the war the U.S. needs to fight next. And that has been the overarching criticism of General Berger's Force Design 2030, and that is <clears throat> that it's too narrowly focused on the South China Sea, the fight in Korea will not be the same, blah, 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 blah. So time will tell. Time will tell. Um, Marine Corps is launched headlong into it, and so we will see what they build. Uh, top five stories in early bird today. Number one, Iran used commercial satellite images to monitor U.S. forces before the attack. This is a report based on the 60 Minutes thing that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. And so the 60 Minutes report said, and the United States was monitoring 
where Iran gets its global imagery and knew when they downloaded their images and they knew what the Iranians believed would be where the forces would be arrayed. Number two, Pentagon, U.S. strike in Syria compound killed one fighter and wounded two more. Number three, this is from the New York Times. I wake up and scream. Secret Taliban prisons terrorize thousands. A potential U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan coupled with a weak Afghan security force mean the Taliban will likely continue to capture, condemn, and torture thousands. Fazabad, Afghanistan. The Taliban prison is a ruined house, a cave, a filthy basement. So a story about how brutal the Taliban are. Oh, there's a shocker, right? Number four, eyeing China, Indo-Pacific Command seeks $27 billion in deterrence funding. U.S. military officials have outlined a new spending requirement to boost deterrence against China, including new weapons, new construction, and closer military, to military collaboration with America's allies in the region. A report from U.S. Indo-PACOM delivered to Congress on Monday calls for roughly $27 billion in additional spending between 2022 and 2027, with $4.6 billion for fiscal year 2022 alone. With a few key changes from last year's proposal, the report drafted by Indo-PACOM Chief Admiral Philip Davidson calls for new missiles and air defenses, radar systems, staging areas, intelligence sharing centers, supply depots, testing ranges throughout the region, as well as exercises with allies and partners. Let's see. Here's what's going on. In the budget, the U.S. is trying to build 1.6 billion 360-degree persistent and integrated air defense capability, that in Guam, 200 million high-frequency radar system in Palau, now, that's, I'll tell you, that's important because Palau threw in with the United States. China was all over the nation of Palau, and they threw in with the United States. It also proposes $3.3 billion in ground-based long-range fires with ranges of more than 500 kilometers to make up highly survivable precision strike networks along the first island chain. Uh, Davidson said his top priority is establishing an AG's ashore system on Guam by 2026, which would help protect U.S. citizens and, and forces there. The Japanese rejected that system, initially adopted it, and then recently rejected it. The terminal high-altitude area defense battery on Guam is meant to protect against North Korean missile launches. Davidson unveiled this at a speech at the American Enterprise Institute. So that in the news. And that's much like the European Defense Initiative, right? That was kicked off, I don't know, 
10 years ago. Um, and the fifth story from Army Times. The 5th Security Force Assistance Brigade plans to keep one-third of the units roughly 820 soldiers spread across the Indo-Pacific region at all times while the rest of the brigade prepares for missions at the home station of Joint Base Lewis-McChord in the state of Washington. So that would be, what, a third of 800? So a third of 900, about a little, little, little less than 300 people would be scattered around the Indo-Pacific doing uh, joint security uh, missions, advising, if you will. So that in the news. So, um, what I want to do for you now is to play uh, something that we did yesterday about a 60 Minutes piece about the attack on al-Assad. Now, I'm going to tell you that I didn't, I didn't delete anything from it. So, the things that you hear, um, the things that you hear that have been deleted, um will give you some sense of the level of displeasure that um, the three of us had with some of the things that we saw. And so, um, so with that said, I will get out of the way. And then, so there's two issues that we address uh, that come out of this. One is a... Uh, I would generally characterize as American military members acting like victims. Two, and under the guise of, right, you signed up, right? USMC, you signed the motherfucking contract, right? You know what's out there. So there might be victims on this planet. You ain't one of them. So under that broad sentiment, you're going to hear beeps that are, that will go on for minutes. You could just turn it down when you hear that. And um, and then you're also going to hear a discussion about about the attack itself and the American response, to which we'll amplify uh, the day after tomorrow, on Thursday. Because the President of the United States has a choice. War is politics by other means. And, and so... There's a more severe course of action that you'll hear we'll talk about. And but the question is, does that lead you to a war? So I want to talk about that on Thursday. But anyway, without further ado, here is an unhappy discussion about again, I thought this piece on sixty minutes would be focused on the attack and blah 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 blah. Well, <clears throat> at least half the piece is focused on the victimization. And needless to say, that did not go over very well. Hi, I'm Colleen McNamara, and you're listening to my dad on All Marine Radio on the All Warrior Radio Network. All right, you know, I got a bunch of uh, email asking me if I had watched the 60 Minutes thing on... Uh, on Iran's retaliation, and uh, I, you know, I was not—I was not watching 60 Minutes. Like, I haven't watched 
60 minutes in like, I don't know, 40 years or some shit. Um, so I took a look at the subject and then I thought I would get Will and Jeff and Tim on, but Tim's too busy, right? He's a fucking big shot, so he's too busy, but Jeff's never too busy. Um, his hair is not combed, but he's never too busy. He's too busy to comb his hair, but, and do personal hygiene, but not too busy to come on here. Uh, Will Costantini, he's just straight up jaded. So he's always game to come on. And, uh, and, um, I don't know how we talk about this because I'll tell you what, man, I just, (laughs) I watched it and I was, I was offended by what I saw. So. I was offended that somebody, um, I think most of us at some point in our lives have written letters to our families that would be delivered or videotapes that were made uh, if you were killed because you want to say, you know, tell your kids and, you know, your spouse how much they mean to you. But. And so I don't. I I watched it, and I was like, "Jesus, Jesus Christ, man!" And that is Will. That is Will's old battle space. Truth be told, that's Will's old stomping grounds. So I just uh, let me give that as just a general blush, and I'm uneasy because I don't want to ruin some. And so, but I'm struggling with it because to me, this whole victim is this victim card, blah, 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 blah. I'm, uh, I'm struggling with. So let me let Jeff Kenny have the floor. Jeff, am I out of bounds on that? I mean, your thoughts on all that. Well, first of all, uh, my, my first tourism advisor in Iraq, our headquarters is in Al-Assad. And it was uh, there by the ECP, the old ammo dump area, right by where you got where you left and came in right. Uh, right. to the base. So, um, you know, I, I, I know the layout a little bit. As far as, uh, you know, being hit by those that, that size of missiles, you know, I, I, I was we, we took a couple rockets there. But also before that, in the other fob we were in uh, where our headquarters was when I was there at the Mew in 05. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's shocking to have big rockets go off near you. Now, the ones that I, I, I you know, was experienced did not cause us casualties, but they did cause casualties. One of them killed a female soldier in Fob Falcon. And before he even left, they had named the chow hall after her. And, uh, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was not the type of thing I would. Matter of fact, none of the stuff that happened in combat you would –
whole thing was overblown, um, you know, regarding that. You know, you think about the guys, uh, we, we read those, you, those toll books and the book by uh, Hornfisher, you know, that covered Guadalcanal. Now, the Marines there got hit by multiple uh, uh, bombardments by 18-inch shells from Japanese ships, not to mention the bombing. And it's terrifying, and it did cause casualties way more significant than was that happened on Al Assad in the in the event described. And even then, Comments by the, by the CG of uh, CENTCOM, John McKenzie. Got it. All right, Will, you're, uh, now, Will did not watch the segment. He read the transcript. Will, your thoughts? Yeah, when you said you hadn't watched 60 Minutes in 40 Years, well, you broke your record. I refuse to break my record. Uh, the video is set up, obviously, to manipulate people uh, into the further operatization uh, of the military. I mean, I, I think it's been encapsulated. There's a lot bigger issues than... down to when you actually there's an army battalion commander there and he said well you know we had these and we've all seen i mean i don't know how many times i was at al-assad maybe four five or six times half a dozen times maybe but between flying in and then going out to the border with general dunford and and general kelly a couple times um i mean these bunkers are massive because the 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 iraqis were preparing for our shit right but the guy says, yeah, we couldn't get all of our people into the bunkers. And I'm sitting there watching it going, well, the next step is easy. Go into the desert, man. And he says, that's what we did. And then they show yeah. videotape of the, of the missiles landing and these guys going, holy shit, look at that. And you don't even have to go in the desert. Al-Assad is so big, right. there's yeah. a desert inside the perimeter. <laughs> Which is probably but where they were. Even that is right? stupid. Right. So, but anyway, so the choices, I mean, it's not difficult. We can either, everybody's either going to be in one of those bunkers and they're going to be fine, or you're going to be out in space and you're going to be fine. You know, so to me, I, 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 I thought that was interesting. And then I, I, I got a different thing, Mac. Hold on. If, let me, let me just finish. Watch- let me just finish. He said, and then, and then I think it was that guy, luck, the hand of God, nobody should have lived. And you're watching it going, and you're watching it going. They knew it was coming. The steps to take to mitigate it, you know, were taken. And again, 
nobody nobody died. Jeff? Yeah, yeah so if you can watch Soleimani get off an airplane and real time target him, and then you see all the preparations being made for this, the fact that they fueled up ballistic missiles, that's an Why do we allow ourselves to be targeted? Um, and and then the idea that okay they hit us and and I do not downplay the fact that it was mass casualty, right? Having a TBI is as bad a casualty. It's a worse casualty than a lot of Purple Hearts, other Purple Hearts I saw. That's for damn sure because it's it'll fuck you up for the rest of your life. But that being said, the statement that well we haven't retaliated since, but we did have a plan if they killed someone. Well, who gives a fuck if they killed someone? Yeah. They, they, with malice and forethought, targeted U.S. military people and then delivered. And, well, they didn't kill anyone, so we're not going to go get them. Fuck. Wherever those ballistic missiles were launched from, we should do the, you know, the 1 to 100 map and put the little protractor on it and draw a circle about 10 inches wide around that thing and make that an unlivable zone. Yeah, that mistake's been made before. I mean, the Pan A incident in, I think, 1938, where the Japanese sunk a small ship in the Yangtze River. It's like a, because they didn't kill that many, and like, well, it's not worth going to war over. But then the next time they surprised us was December 7th. And it was almost something you couldn't get back from. A lesson there, you know, and I, it, you, you uh, it's the intent that you punish, not the result. Yeah. A little too much nuance, or, and then the third thing to me is, why is all this shit on 60 Minutes? Are we attempting to show how restrained we are so that we can get them to the table to negotiate the treaty? Are we, you know, the, the whoever, the Air Force and Army people, that's all just Oprah stuff. Yeah, it's is, General Ma- it is. is General McKenzie on there attempting, you know, there was a, there was a thing a couple of months ago while, while President Trump was still in office, you know, people were looking to restrain him so that he didn't start a war. Is General McKenzie attempting to justify sort of why maybe we were getting up close to the line of departure with them? I'm not sure I understand what the messaging is here because you're telling the world, number one, the American fighting man is a pussy. Yeah. And number two, you can hurt us, and you can destroy our equipment, and all that's okay. But if you kill someone, we're really, 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 really going to be mad. I don't get the message. And, and, you know, can I add to that a little bit there, Mac? Of course. The, uh, of course, Jeffrey. The, uh, the ground the ground in Iraq now that we're all over in Anbar, and not just, you know, that part, Anbar, but it is all over the place occupied by Shia militia groups. Some of them are pro-Iraqi government. A lot of them are pro-Iranian government, and it's hard to tell the difference between the two of them. And the and the uh, the the Marine and Army units that are in there, you know, guarding this guarding Al Assad, or for a while they're guarding TQ and the uh, advisor, you know, in air quotes that uh, mission that they were doing, even though they never left the wire there, um, is uh, was very tenuous. You know, th- these guys were. Uh, any, at any time, you know, they could be overrun. And the fact that they shot, uh, you know, those ballistic missiles at them was, uh, I mean, the, the, it's, uh, it's just one of the many ways they can screw with us. 
you know, I mean, and cause death if they wanted to. Well, at the time, so it's like, at the time, you know, it's though, like, in our discussions, and right. I don't think, Will, that you had joined us yet, but I think that um, supposedly it was back-channeled. There were stories saying that there was back-channeled from the Iranians. We're going to shoot into the dirt. You're going to, you'll have plenty of warning. Right. And this is to, you know, this is so that we can save face. Right. With, uh, with, with nationally. And that was, so it's, it's a political event. We whack a guy, we allowed them to retaliate, but that's the way that was, that was supposedly, you know, the way that happened. And we had a choice, we, we we had, we had a, we had a choice whether to escalate that. Right. But that that again at the time that was the that was the messaging they shot again and and here's the point look their weapons are accurate they could hit anything the fuck they want to and Jeff Jeff's right we talked about this they have all these Shiite militia organizations in the region and that's the damage that they did after we whacked that dude come on man that means they're not trying that means they don't want to they're doing something symbolic and that's it and that begs the question. Is this just a big kabuki dance to include 60 minutes? I mean, it used to be the 60 minutes made the government uncomfortable and no matter which government was in now, the, the people who run 60 minutes, our current government, you know, a lot of other entities, they're all as one. So, you know, I mean, this whole thing is like a big, it's all fake, you know, I mean, the, You know, it's all, that's the lacrimose part of it. Then there's the concern general, you know, if you do this too soon, then they'll, you know, they'll react, you know, you, it'll, you know, you'll tip your hand. But if you do it too late, you'll be like a guy at Pearl Harbor, you know, give me a break, man. Give me a break. Give me a break. It's all baloney. Because if, if, if intent mattered, like Will was saying, we'd punish them for that intent. You know, we'd, we'd do it. And, uh, but I hope the, the, the whole thing to include the 60 minutes piece is all part of one big, uh, you know, bullshit play. Kabuki dance. That's a good term. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I've yeah. always liked Look, kabuki I, dance. I, I understand when you sign up and take the oath, you're at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to tell you something. I was very, very careful and calculating when I put Marines' lives at risk. Uh, and we did it every day, 24-7. But it's something that 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 I thought about uh, 18, 20, 22 hours a day. Where's the risk? Is it worth it? How do we mitigate it? I got no problem with that. But the idea that we're going to fucking dangle bait out there for some, well, they got to be able to retaliate. Bullshit. No way. The enemy does, the enemy gets to vote on a lot of things, but you don't invite him in. Uh, and put people at risk for, uh, you know, for a TV commercial kind of a thing. I don't, I don't buy that for a second. And I got to tell you something. Well, let me ask if you this: If you don't, if you don't, with that, that's troubling. The, so, so the other conclusion is that they they fired ICBMs at us, and then we our our knees buckled, and we did nothing. And because yeah, nobody, I don't understand the messaging here. Yeah. 
You can shoot at us. You can destroy our equipment. You can wound people. And listen, if you've got traumatic brain injury, you might be fucked up for the rest of your life. You can do all of that, and that's A-OK, because we killed one of your guys. Who, who was responsible for the EFP uh, IED, which is a highly effective thing, right. which right. we had at least 10, 15,000 killed and wounded from that, mostly wounded, but still horrible. You know, we're talking the legs ripped off and everything. Yeah. You know, so it's like uh, that was the justice, this guy getting incinerated. The rest of it, you know, is because uh, we had a guy who didn't play games. But he's surrounded by people in every in every in every aspect of government and media and, you know, uh, and uh, entertainment who mostly are bu- bullshit. And every, the guy has no allies. I'm talking about Pre- President Trump. So whatever he does, there's six different. Yeah, but ways this was his, but this, this this was his course of action, though, Jeff. I mean, this, yeah, this yeah. was him ultimately that deciding was, at the guy, end. Well, yeah, that guy deserved to go. I mean, he had more than earned his date with a, uh, you know, with a, uh, with the Hellfire missile or whatever it is that killed him, Suleimani. He had more than earned that. The retaliation and and, and all that stuff there, and then the advice he got from you know presumably. Uh, you know, the combatant commander there and, uh, you know, on the chairman, chair, the the chairman. And if right. it was, yeah, it was, uh, you know, who knows you know, how that can be presented because it wasn't presented then. We didn't get 60 minutes doing a thing on it, you know, a couple weeks later. No, it wasn't until what is it? It's over a year later now. Now we're getting it. And that was complete with the tears of the major and the, you know, the it's a miracle that everybody wasn't killed. All oh, it's baloney, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you have to believe one of two things. Either they were they were they were acceptable. They were okay with the kabuki dance. Yeah. Or what Will says is they were weak. One of the two things. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and again, I think it is a good question. You know, what's the point of Mackenzie's participation in this? Well, yeah, what kind of message? What's the Yeah, message? I don't again, I fundamentally do not understand the messaging here. It seems insane. If you're messaging to the American people or you're trying to show how restrained we are that actually us killing Suleimani was justified somehow or are you trying to tell people that your sons and daughters are mere political pawns? And we didn't want to get into a big war, so we put them all at risk. And thank God the risk didn't pay off. And a bunch of them just got concussions. Just got concussions. That's all. Something that can, I don't know, destroy your life. Oh, that's a-okay. Or are we trying to show the Iranians? The Iranians know what our capability is. Again, the messaging seems bizarre. To me, but don't forget, I'm on the fringe. I don't consider myself anywhere near the mainstream uh, anymore. And I bet you that if you look at, uh, I won't bet, but I sense there's going to be more people patting that guy in the head for fucking bawling on TV because he was scared uh, than anything you'll find out there. And it's horrifying. Disgusting. Fucking fire that guy and send him home. You're my XO in first LAR. You're fucking done. Uh, yeah, there's no way that. I mean, there's no way that would uh, that would fly in the Marine Corps. That's for sure. 
Although I have to tell you. No, look, everybody. Hey, look, everybody gets scared. I mean, when you when we don't when you, put it on fucking. TV. Exactly. I, I agree. With, I, I agree with you. You know, again. I was scared shitless. I can't tell you how many times. You should say. So I, I, I tell people. Fucking TV. You tell you tell people that you know. What it's like the night everybody says goodbye and you're headed in that direction, right? Everybody just comes, they show up on the grinder. Once you get on the buses, everybody passes the fuck out because they're just emotionally drained, you know, except the single guys. They're like, well, yeah, let's fucking go. But everybody else, why? Because you've been dealing with your kids and your wife and they've been watching this shit on TV and now you're heading that direction. And it sucks. But you do your best to be their father, to be the husband, to minimize all that stuff. Right, and then I'm gonna come home, and and so yeah, every and and everybody lives through it. I you know, to me, you know, and, and we'll kind of said this: the greater fear isn't for yourself; it's that you're gonna screw something up, and that's what Will said: eighteen to twenty-two hours a day, you're gonna fuck something up, and you're gonna have to live with the fact that somebody got killed on something you fucked up, and that's why the intellectual rigor. <laughs> On a daily basis, with every time somebody moves, is this necessary? Have we done everything we can to support it, right, in case something goes wrong? And if you have to, God forbid, you have to live, if the answers to those questions are no and no, and you put your name on it, right, nobody can ever lift that burden from you. So, so anyway, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, w- I was, supr- honestly, I was surprised to see that. I was surprised to see that, but I, I do agree. He will be lauded for his courage to show his vulnerability, you know, uh, to the nation. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from the whole thing? Was Will? I don't understand. It. I don't understand why we, the point of it. I mean, my, my, I got to tell you, I think it's a really, really bad idea to tell people you can target us, you can destroy our equipment. And you can wound our people and potentially disable dozens of them for the rest of their lives. And that's A-OK. Jeff, your biggest takeaway from it? Well, um, yeah, my biggest takeaway of the whole thing is that the harbinger of, uh, you know, a signature of our um, society today in, in regards of uh, the, the victim as hero. You know, uh, they don't want to have real heroes who rise above, you know, adversity. They just want somebody who, who had something bad happen to them. And it's like, uh, it's just, uh, it's disgusting. It's weak. You know, it makes you ashamed to be, you know, not ashamed to be an American, but ashamed that these people are Americans who are saying this stuff. And people are like, yeah, I just, I guess there was really dangerous over there. Well, hey, you know, I'm just a numbers guy. But uh, how I tell if a battle was bad or not, by how many people were engaged, by how many casualties there were, how many people got killed or wounded. That's how you tell how bad it was. You know, that's how you tell how bad. Now, you may be in it and it seems like it's Iwo Jima. Every time somebody's slinging lead in you and you're shooting back, that's how it feels. But that's not Iwo Jima was a lot worse. That's why we train. That's why we, we do range 400 and range 410 alpha. These ranges we do, they're like fighting your way through Iwo Jima. And the reason is because when instead of Iwo Jima, you end up at Grenada, it's easier. And almost everything is, is going to be easier than Mount Suribachi. So that's why you train for it. 
And when you do face something like that, you laugh it off. You know, you, you talk to your buddies about it. And yeah, you're all scared and everything like that. But you don't bring that home. You don't put it, you don't publicize it out there. You know, what's the point? That's my takeaway. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for your participation this morning, boys. I truly appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day. And, yeah, uh, now you got me all pissed off for the rest of the day. Yeah, night. I know. You were bo- both you two fuckers were born pissed off. What are you talking about? <laughs> the um, shut up for a second. So <laughs> that's what happened. Um, <clears throat> I tried to leave. I could have like made those blips i could have made them like very quick but it wouldn't have communicated the same thing i thought that it communicates when you hear how long they are and that's how i think bothered that the three of us were by what we saw and as i said i wasn't i i thought it would be something about iran and whatnot and part of it was but a lot of it is about if you haven't seen it i don't know if you should watch it because it'll piss you off um and so that's why I, incl- I, I left them in there at length. Um, <clears throat> you're a professional. It's what you sign up to do. And uh, I, 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 again, playing the victim in all of this is, is not, as Jeff says, part of the code of the samurai. And if that's not what you're looking for, then you, sign, you, you, made, you made a huge mistake. You need to get out. Right. <clears throat> so anyway, um, interesting hour. If you're just tuning in, don't touch that dial. This program repeats itself momentarily. And what you're going to hear is um, news and stuff from today. Uh, chief among that is General Burgers. Um, General Burgers memo to the uh, Secretary of Defense. So you'll hear that, and uh, and we'll check out some news stories. And uh, so whatever you do, don't touch that dial. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how to put a a happy face on <laughs> on that interview. Uh, I don't think you can. It is what it is. But uh, on Thursday we'll talk again about the Iranian thing about the decisions the president had in front of him and we'll get everybody's opinion, you know? And, you know, according to Will, you heard him say, you know, fueling those ICBMs in Will's mind was, you know, there it is. Let's, let's whack them. So, I mean, Will obviously leaning into and protecting American service members. So, I think the question for Thursday is this. You're going to trade, at the end of the day, General Soleimani for concussions and maybe TBIs, and you're going to call that good, and you're going to accept that trade. And so we'll talk about that. Because you're not, you don't want to, it's an election year. You don't want to start another war, right? If you're a politician, and again, war is politics by other means. 
So have a great day. Uh, don't be afraid to change somebody's life. Yeah, you've heard that before. On a Tuesday, I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Have a great day. I'm out.